everybody, welcome back to the next cast. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Tyler. Well, at least you, after the third try, you knew your name for sure. Because <laughs> if you've watched this live, you'll know that this is the third attempt at actually starting the podcast. The first time, words didn't happen. Second time, I didn't hit the record button. So, uh, we are recording this time, which is good. So, anyways, the, the podcast this is Linux Cast. We talk about Linuxy things. And uh, before we jump into the stuff that we normally talk about, I just want to say, if you watch this live, first of all, usually we're way more, well, I was going to say we're way more organized than this, but that's not true. Normally, at least, we don't fail as often as we have today. Usually, the the start is fairly good. Yeah. It usually goes off the rails afterwards. Uh, anyways, but anyways, if you want to watch this live, we record this uh, every Friday around 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, just so you know that, that this week is abnormal, is it's about 40 minutes after that, so it's not been a good week for being, you know, on target. Anyways, uh, the timestamps, if you want to watch this afterwards on YouTube, will be in the video description along the scrub bar, but those don't usually appear until around 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, so... Uh, Tyler, what have you been doing this week in Foss? I, it's almost as if I've heard it before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I've gotten the Steam Deck. It's fantastic. Um, I tried being clever and putting a whole bunch of games ahead of time from a Linux computer onto an S micro SD card. It didn't work, but that's okay because the Steam Deck is just... It's a freaking awesome piece of hardware. And um, I've also been working in the Unity game engine here recently. Um, and I've had to move to Windows 11 just for stability on the in-editor. Um, there's some features that I want to take advantage of that are kind of require... Ex- they do require the latest version and it seems to crash a lot on um linux mint which i've been loving linux mint like it's it's so nice um so yeah uh just because of crashing i just i've been using windows so do you have linux mint still installed somewhere or yeah 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 it's it's on my second drive and for like testing just the linux build just to make it faster i've just been like using an extra drive to just go between um the two the two drives and i can easily just move my project or build a linux binary and move the binary between the drives and play it and test it out so it's it's been really nice it's just it's not a fault of linux or anything that unity is not focused on it but it is kind of annoying that i i don't have the ability to actually just go ahead and fully develop the game on linux but yeah it's all right it's a minor gripe well you know normally i give you crap about running windows but as long as you still have linux installed somewhere and i'm i have bets in place for when you hop away from Mint, so I'm not sure if this counts well, or not. The insane part is I'm building the game and making the game particularly with the Steam Deck in mind. Like, uh, obviously you'll be able to play it anywhere, but the main I t- 
target platform is the Steam Deck, which is a Linux device. So I'm having to use Windows to develop a game for Linux. You know, what I'm surprised <laughs> at is that Valve hasn't come along and done their own game engine. Like, I'm surprised they haven't. I mean, like, especially when they consider Epic to be, like, their biggest competitor... The fact that they have no competitor for Game Engine is kind of surprising. Now, granted, Valve is a very small company. Like, Technically, it, they do have the Source Engine, but it's not it's not really um, as fleshed out as something like Unity or Unreal. Like, I know there's going to be a whole bunch of people screaming Godot in chat. Like, yes, Godot is a good Game Engine, but it's not what you would choose to make like a production, like a full-fledged project in. Most likely, unless it's just a simple 2D game, you're probably going to choose some like a different game engine. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay, so my week in Linux has been interesting. So I've been kind of playing around with a few video ideas, and one of them is about troubleshooting problems. So I've been learning about logging in Linux, so that's been kind of interesting. Because never really got into that kind of stuff before with with logging and stuff like that. But when I was having those problems a few weeks ago with Arch, some of the stuff that I did to troubleshoot that was look at some of the logs. So I, I've been working on a video about that kind of stuff. And also, because this is now the Windows cast, I installed Windows twice this week. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my mother's laptop the bed like it was like would not run so and we couldn't fix it so she had to order a new one but in the meantime she had to use my laptop which of course my laptop had linux on it so first i just handed her my laptop it had kd i think it was the kd version of mx linux and uh, i handed it to her and she got she hates linux with a passion by the way, she just can't stand it. Um, she's just not into. Cheating. i don't i don't get it kde is so similar to windows right she like, but she She's very, very attached to the, her way of doing things, and if you change just the littlest thing, like, so she uses the snipping tool in Windows. It's the screenshot tool, right? And mm-hmm. recently, Windows, Microsoft redid the snipping tool. It changed almost, I mean, it's really it's a big change. The amount of, <laughs> of talking I had to hear about that change was uh, insane, because, she, you know, she just doesn't like change which is fine you know that's just the way you know things go so anyways because she can use the kde plasma version i had to install windows 11 now the laptop i had her on was a really old one and that one did not have tpm or secure boot or anything like that it was like a really old laptop i did get it to run but it ran like utter garbage like so bad like you could we would open up the you press the start menu and like five minutes later the start menu would come up it was really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, I redownloaded the Windows 10 ISO and put Windows 10 on there because I knew Windows 10 would run. And Windows 10 is what was on there for a while. And then luckily she got a new one. But yeah, so I ended up installing Windows twice this week. And every second of it reminded me of why I love Linux so much. <laughs> just, the, 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 yeah. just the installation of Windows just makes me so when you install Linux, no matter what distro you've chosen, no matter what desktop environment or window manager you're going to end up with at the end with software or whatever, the the process of installing Linux, just for me at least, is kind of a joy. Like there, there's, it feels, you know, it's interesting, you know, maybe you, 
even if you uh, even if you come across problems or something like that, troubleshooting it is you know kind of fun, right? With Windows, it feels like so much of a chore. But maybe it's just because I hate. I mean, it, it's definitely because I hate Windows so much. Yeah, it's but, just because you hate Windows because like it's, it's, it's really. It's really dumbed down. Like their installer. Oh, it's like, not. I didn't never just, said it was hard. I just. It, oh, I know. It feels but, like, like a chore. There is there is nothing about it that like it's a 100% monotonous process. Like not only have you done it before, you've seen other people do it. Like since you were a kid, like you you know the wind. Like if you've done a Windows update in the past, then you probably know how a Windows install goes too. So. A few extra button presses. When a new computer came, and I got on there to put all of her stuff back on there and make sure she had Chrome and all this stuff, right? The amount of junkware on that new Dell that she bought is just—I mean, it's flabbergasting how much shit they put on that computer. That's different because that's from those people. Because like, yeah, Windows comes with some like TikTok, Facebook, and like Candy Crush and stuff. Yeah. Luckily, they don't come with Candy Crush anymore, unless you get like a older build of Windows 10. But uh, like, I didn't even look. It, I just assumed that it was still there. No, thank God it's not. They finally stopped doing that stuff. Uh, well, not that stuff. It's just Candy Crush. I I really don't like Candy Crush, so <laughs> I'm glad they stopped that. But yeah, they they don't really package nearly as much, and it's really it, it's only installed. To your, um, to I'm your... gonna I'm gonna have to fire you right now because you're defending Windows. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not defending <laughs> Windows. I'm just saying they've gotten better about how they do that stuff. Mm. But then, to like, cause cause what I was talking about is like the manufacturers throw all that extra stuff on there where it's like where you've got like 30 or 40 programs installed, like. They do all of that with their own proprietary stuff, and I don't get it because it it's insane and really like really nerve wracking for me to see it. And my grandmother and like I know some other people who like miss having all of the Dell like printer apps and color apps and like all of the stuff from the manufacturer dell puts like what? 12 different applications on your thing and, yeah. and, and, and that the thing is is it wouldn't be so bad if they were on there and you just never saw them but the thing is they're all every single one of them is running in the background they all spawn at startup they all have like big notifications yeah not like big notifications. not not like like Steam notifications where you can definitely see them, but they're just down there in the corner. Like, no, they're the ones that like pop up from the bottom. Like, like you've been infected with level six malware. Like, it, okay. Also, let's, what's level six? If, if you ever, okay, and I'm talking to not just you, but to everybody in the in the chat room. If you ever subscribe to McAfee, I'm banning you from my channel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh also uh if you subscribe to mcafee you've definitely gotten viruses like, <laughs> because mcafee <laughs> is a virus okay it is. <laughs> it's so bad even if you uninstall it it doesn't go away <laughs> it's like a freaking cockroach you can't kill it it's it's horrible um not, not that there's i mean it's like a cockroach like 
there's not a single virus program out there that's very good, but at least Windows Defender doesn't, you know, bash you over the head with itself every day. Every other one does, and it's just not good. Anyways, welcome to the Windows Cast. This is I'm your host, Matt. Um, yes. Anyway, I we apologize for the Windows talk, but we had to bitch about it for I I had to bitch about it for a little while. Anyway, so moving on to the contact information because we do need to move this right along. You can contact us in any number of ways. Uh, the easiest way is probably email, email at the linuxcast.org. If you want to follow us on Twitter, Mastodon, Odyssey, any of those things, those links will be at the linuxcast.org slash contact. All that stuff is there for you to see and click on and all that stuff. If you want to find out who our patrons are who supports the channel, you can find those at the linuxcast.org slash patrons. And... Uh, You'll be happy to know that I made those pages all by myself. Like, seriously, I had no clue how to make an 11 page because that was set up for me. But I figured it out all on my own. I was very, very happy about that. Um, I felt very accomplished. So those, those pages now actually exist, which they didn't actually exist last week. So uh, you can find out more about the podcast. You can see past episodes. All my blog posts, you can find those at the linuxcast.org. Uh, Tyler, who goes by Zany Online, has a YouTube channel. He That is uh, YouTube.com slash ZanyOG. He does live streams and Linux videos and OpenBSD and basically whatever he wants on his channel, which is awesome. He's getting close to 3,000 subscribers. So if you haven't subscribed, head on over there and do that. He also has a store and Discord and all the stuff you'd normally find a YouTuber to have. So you can find those links at the LinuxCast.org slash contact. Uh, and obviously, sub- subscribe to the Linux Cast on YouTube. We, or I, I should say, I suppose, I post Linux content every single day of the week. Usually, I'm much more, you know, I'm able to enunciate words a little bit better than I am today, apparently. But anyways, uh, subscribe, youtube.com slash linuxcast. Getting close to 20,000 subscribers still blows my freaking mind. Anyways, thanks. If you have subscribed, thank you. So, moving on to the news of the week. So, every week, Tyler and I. We scour the internet, and this week, at least, the links will be fairly new. <laughs> I mean, normally, uh, we call it breaking news, but last week, the weeks, the links were like three weeks old, but this time, the links are new. So, Tyler, your news of the week, what you got? Oh, mine. I'm so glad you asked. Mine's fantastic. Mine is that there's a new game coming out um it's a kickstarter game which i'm not normally too into but this one is inspired by hollow knight and the developers are kind of cool like they seem like pretty just pretty cool people so um if you were a big fan of hollow knight then you're definitely gonna like this and it's like already talking about Linux support. Like it's like they're doing fundraising and they're already talking about Linux support. So if you want a good Linux game, here it is. I don't know if it'll be on like what platforms, like whether you'll be able to get it on steam and you know, it already has a steam page, but I don't know if that means anything. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I would assume you're going to be able to get it on Steam, but I don't know if you'll be able to get it on other platforms like Itch and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah. But it's something to keep your eyes on. It's interesting. Okay. Um, 
it looks cool. All right, so my news of the week this week is I'm going to the I'm going the hardware route, and mm. Pine64 has announced that they're going to be creating some wireless earbuds. Um, I'm not sure this doesn't really have anything to do with Linux because I doubt they're very much running a, like a op- it definitely has Gen 2 on it just for Josh <laughs> you, you can imagine they, they've, they, they've compiled the kernel on their earbuds yeah <laughs> That'd be it only it, it only took them three months that's why shipping takes so long <laughs> they, they gotta do each one individually because there's obviously <laughs> I mean they, they, they wrote a script but that doesn't really you know dilute the time that it takes to compile <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, anyways, the the wireless earbuds they look pretty good. I I worry a little bit about quality because Pine sixty four does sometimes like they ship screens with dead pixels and stuff like that all the time. And just like this is normal, um, but hopefully that's not the case here. They look, like I said they look really nice, and because you know it's Pine sixty four, they'll be cheap. So I'll probably buy these because um, I need a new pair of, of earbuds. The ones that I have are $12 pieces of crap from Amazon and uh, it'd be nice to support Pine64 this time. So like I said, they look really nice. Yeah, uh, I'm going to need something to replace my AirPods here before too long and those uh, do look pretty good. Yeah. I, I wonder if they'll do some like software like magic or whatever. Because like when you get like a, if you have an iPhone and you have AirPods or whatever and you open up the lid, they automatically connect. That'd be cool mm-hmm. if, that, if something like that would happen. If if they, ha- I mean, you'd have to have uh, some kind of tool on the desktop or on the phone in order for that to work. But it'd be cool if something like that would would exist. That'd be cool. It'd also be nice if these don't end up being like a premium product where you got to spend like two hundred bucks to get them. Like, kind of be nice if they're if they're more on the not budget, like where they're like like you know thirty to sixty bucks, like you know. I mean, I'd be down with like a hundred bucks. Yeah, I'd pay. I pay a hundred. I was planning on paying two fifty for some AirPods Pro when I was running an iPhone. Uh, I'm glad I did. I'm glad I didn't because I ended up switching back to Android. But I'm in definite need of some 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 like AirPods, Air AirPods, some wireless earbuds. (laughs) Was the words I was looking for? Um, because the I have some Sony MX. One MX4 1000s or whatever the hell they're called, and uh, they sound really nice, but they don't remember settings. So uh, the they have a setting on there that where if you start talking, uh, it turns the music off. And I guess if you're in a position where you want to talk to other people, that'd be a good thing. But I don't talk to other people. But I'm a singer. I can't sing with the damn, but I like singing along with my music. So every time I'm there, I'm just singing because I got high, because the damn thing stops playing, you know? <laughs> that was an Afro man thing. I still got stuck in my damn head, damn it. Um, <laughs> There's nothing like some old Afro man. Come on now. It's good stuff. Anyways, that is the news. So um, every week, Tyler, we come up with a main topic. Usually it's a question or something like that. But this week we're going to be talking about a like a uh, we're going to decide which is better, Arch or an Arch-based distro. And uh, hold on a second, Frederick. Frederick, I know you can turn turn that off, and you just do it by holding the ear cup on those headphones, but it doesn't remember it. Um, 
And even if you get into the settings in their application or whatever, this, I mean, I totally got derailed because of the damn chat thing. But <laughs> but, but the um, if, if you turn the the setting off in the in the app, it still doesn't remember it. I don't know why. And it, that's not an iOS or Android thing because I tried it on both. It still doesn't work. Um, so that's just the crappy headphones that cost three hundred fifty dollars. Seriously, freaking expensive. Anyways, Tyler. Uh, Arch or Arch-based, Arch or Arch-based distros. Which do you think is uh, better, and why? Just mainline Arch. Okay. I mean, is that all you have to say, or? I mean, <laughs> you only use something else because it's easier. Like, not better. It's just it's someone set up. Is it's someone's configured Arch for you. So, just depends. Do you want your own configured arch, or do you want someone else's configured okay. arch? The reason why I chose this topic is because now with arch install, is there still a reason for you to use an arch-based distro? Because when you do an arch, you do arch install with the vanilla arch uh, ISO, you get a desktop that is set up for you. You get all of the stuff that you would have to install, you know, manually if you were to you know, go through the traditional Arch process, and it's all done in a, you know, it's a TUI, but it's basically a installer for Arch. So do, the biggest thing that, sh, so like Endeavor and Arco, the biggest things they, the reason why they were created was to make Arch Linux easier to install. But now, Arch isn't hard to install. Not that it was ever really hard, but now it's way, way easier. No. Do you think that, well, is there still a good reason for Arch-based distros to exist? Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, we're, we're going to have to pause this and we're going to have to <laughs> Well, like, enumerate. it depends. <laughs> like, yes, there is, there is definitely a reason for Arch-based distros to exist. Like, it, it's just a pre-configured setup and... Obviously, there's plenty of different ways you can set up Arch. Probably hundreds of thousands of different ways that you could set up Arch. So, some ways are going to appeal more to others. And probably people are going to want an easier setup for Arch. Um, so, yeah, I think I think there's a reason for them to exist. Now, is there better and worse options? Like... Manjaro, and then anything else being better. Um, there's there's plenty of different options for stuff that's better or worse. Just in general, I I just like shitting on Manjaro. Um, just okay. Yeah, I've had bad experiences. Let's with talk about Manjaro because Manjaro was the original, the OG. Arch-based distro. It was the one that everyone was supposed to use. If you couldn't install Arch because either you didn't know what you're doing or you were just lazy or whatever Look, the reason happened to be, Manjaro let's make was the it thing. Real simple. Manjaro is the is the girl in high school that was really pretty, really hot, and you had an insane crush on. And then as soon as she got out of high school, got a pretty serious drug habit. That is Manjaro. Used to be awesome. Used to be really hot. Used to be really appealing. 
then got a serious drug problem and is now and Josh, we know that Manjaro wasn't the first arch fork. It was the first one that got popular, though. Um, at least the first one that I was around for to yeah. get popular. But anyways, the the, yeah. the point is, is that you know Manjaro. You, you say that Manjaro, you know, kind of got bad. I don't even know if that it got bad. It just it's not arch anymore. You know, they've done so much to it, diluted it so much from the original they've taken all the repositories delayed them so much and made them basically their own they don't have the arch yeah. repositories themselves unless that you switch to the um the, the testing branch you know you, yeah you, it's just it's not arch anymore yes it do, yes it uses pac-man but it's just it's not arch anymore well it, it's like it is arch but it is an arch because i don't some straight like honest to god if you're using manjaro there are some arch guides that won't work like, they're just there are because well, it is. And if you use the AUR because the packages in their main repository are so far behind, a lot of the things in the AUR require newer packages. So a lot of the st- not a lot of stuff, but some of the, some of the stuff in the AUR just won't work because it's looking for packages that aren't ready yet no. in the Manjaro repos. No. That's why and it's not. They arch. hold back. They hold back. Pat like they hold back packages. And then still somehow end up having breakages that Arch isn't experiencing. Yeah. Which I just like. I mean, well, good God. They rely <laughs> on they rely on Pamac so much to do their updating, not only in the terminal and stuff like that, but also with their GUI front end. That thing's had problems a lot over the over the years, right? Yeah. And they just seem to have constant issues. Plus, they've always come across as supremely shady. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they, well, I, that, that's kind of, that's kind of what I mean by like, got a serious drug habit and like what I'm talking about. Like, it, Mancharo used to be really appealing, have a very stable, um, environment for you to work in. And then now, they've just gone and, like they they they've done they've had some scandals some shady shit going on, um, they're not nearly as great of a community as they used to be. Um, not saying that they're bad. Like the community around Manjaro is bad, but it's not nearly as great as it used to be. Well, I think part of it is that they, the developers treat their community not so great. And that makes it harder to be part of that community. Now, there's some people that are still are diehard Manjaro guys, but oh I'll, yeah, I'll, well, and, and and see, here's the thing too: you can install Manjaro and not have any problems, and it stay like that for a long time. Mm-hmm. And like that's like I'm not invalidating that. I'm just saying that's not a very common. Yeah, like, and, well, I mean, and it doesn't it doesn't feel like common. I mean, maybe it is common. We just don't hear about it from people, but. From everything that I hear, it's and from everybody that surrounds me, it's not common. Manjaro is a very unstable and unreliable experience for most people that I know. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's been a while since I've used Manjaro, but from the time that I used it about a, six months ago or so. 
the experience wasn't as great as it used to be. So, I, but maybe it's because I have a feeling that if you start out on Manjaro, you're gonna you're gonna like Manjaro. If you have used Vanilla Arch in the past and then you move to Manjaro, it, it feels sluggish because not necessarily like using it sluggish, but like the packages are so far behind, it makes you feel like you're behind. It it kind of removes the feeling that you get when you use Arch that you're on the bleeding edge when you're you know using arch you have this you know you're using all the rights packages you get all like when the newest thunderbird comes out you get all the new features when the newest firefox whatever with manjaro things are always so far behind so you don't get the i mean one of the prime reasons why you would use arch one of the reasons at least is that it's got all the most recent packages you get the kernels just a few days after they're released you know you get all this stuff and with manjaro you don't it's at least two weeks behind sometimes longer and it just takes that one reason to use arch away so that's why the reason why i say manjaro is not really arch but there are i mean there are other arch based distros that use arch based repositories so like arco has a whole bunch of Arch repositories, but they also include the standard Arch repos. Uh, same with Endeavor. They have their own repos as well, but they also use the Arch stuff. Um, Garuda, same thing. So those are actually Arch, but they've taken it to another level by doing something unique. So, like, Arco yeah. has gone through and tried to uh, make themselves Arch, but with... Uh, Arco has taken a left turn from when I used it. So I don't know if you've been following it or not, but they've changed all their tools from being like Arco tweak tool, Arco you know logout tool, whatever. They've changed all of them to Arch tweak tool. So they've tried to make all of their tools work mm-hmm. on every version of Arch. They possibly can vanilla, Garuda, Zero Linux stuff That's like that. That's pretty smart. And I I do think it's pretty smart, but it dilutes what makes Arc what had made Arco great because you used arco because it gave you uh, an installer that lets you install anything you wanted like in a gooey fashion like it was confusing as fuck yeah but you know it gave you this but now other distros have been doing that and they had all these tools right and now those things are spread out and you can use them wherever which is again i think it's good but it just kind of makes you feel like there's no good reason just to use arco like there used to be you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's kind of something that is really difficult to get right in the, like, arch world is making your, like, making what you're doing unique. And you have to have that unique thing and it has to be good. Like, you can't, you, you can't just, be another reskin of arch where you're just a regular arch based distros with a few different programs and you know a different colored kde panel and a wallpaper like that's your those type of distros used to be a thing but (laughs) not really anymore i'm sorry but i'm just like scott just got in the chat and said clothing is bloat (laughs) i i was just uh i as soon as you started doing it i was like i was trying to skim through the messages i was like which one is he laughing i was wearing no clothing i was like oh there we go (laughs) like come on (laughs) 
<laughs> like you can't just not laugh at that. All right. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I don't. Uh, but I, I normally I don't have the chat right in front of me when we do the podcast. This time I do, so I'm reading it, and <laughs> you guys are hilarious sometimes. All right. But anyways, the one of the things you said was like you can't just be another arch reskin, and I don't know if I necessarily agree with it. Like I'm pretty lenient on letting people create whatever distro they want to create. Like I, I do want them to have a reason to exist. Right. But I don't need them to, uh, be like, uh, I don't know what, what's a good, what a good example is, but you don't have to have such a, a, a reason to exist that it's like groundbreaking. Like you don't have to have all these amazing tools and stuff like that. I and mean, it's cool if you do have those amazing tools that you've developed and stuff like that. That's, that's great. And, yeah. but I'm you just can't expect to be popular well, without yeah. that unique thing. Right, that's true. I suppose. I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> Good lord. Um, really, seriously, we should have just taken the week off. It would have been, <laughs> it would have been way better. <laughs> this is horrible. Um. Anyways, the thing is, I I don't mind a distribution just having a good rice. You know, like if if you provide just one desktop environment and it looks really nice that's a good enough reason to exist again like you say it's not going to be popular because you've just made a distro then for yourself like a lot of distros that i try and like uh, for the channel whatever you can tell those distros were made just for the developers like yes they're sharing them with others but you know they've made some really weird software choices like they have four different video players and they have a whole bunch of development software on there like you can tell that that's the stuff that the developer uses and they've included it in nice because that's what they want to do like it was never de- like they didn't set out like i'm going to develop an arch-based distro for everyone you, you know no that's not what they were set out to do they set out to make one for themselves now there's the other side of the coin where you it feels like they did set out to make a distribution for everyone so like arco endeavor garuda you know things like that they those those distributions were set out to make the installation of arch easier and then they had to differentiate themselves in other ways so like endeavor was tr- a it wasn't a spin-off but it was a continuation of the mission goals of antergos right when antergos died endeavor came online and that was you know like a lot of people really like antergos and it was a good distribution that was based on Arch. It was actually, I think that might have been before Manjaro. But the the point is that the when Endeavor tried to become what that was, which was a installer for Arch Linux that had very little fluff on top of it. You know, they had some theming, but for the most part, it was just Arch Linux really well put together with all the dependencies and stuff that you need to go for it with garuda they wanted to be flashy right? they, they have this amazing um, i i use quotes amazing thing uh theme because a lot of people don't like that candy fluorescent neon theme that garuda has um but some people really do they wanted to stand out you know that's the reason why they've chosen that and then they added some extra stuff on top of that as well like they decided to use the zen kernel and make it for gaming right you know they have all this stuff that is kind of uh pointed towards the gaming crowd uh with arco they tried to instead of creating a distribution that is meant to be used instead of arch they wanted to create a path towards arch linux so they didn't do a very good job in my opinion because they made it way way too confusing but their original goal was to be able to so you you would start out with their 
bottom ISO, which was just an installator. Inst- installator. <laughs> installer. <laughs> it was just an installer for Arch Linux that had some stuff on it, and it, it, you didn't get to ch- at, the, at least at the beginning you didn't get to choose the uh, desktop environment to manage it. It came with the XFCE, OpenBox, and i3. All everything on the ISO was all that. It had all this extra stuff on it. It had like three browsers on there and all this stuff. It was a very, very big ISO, right? But their goal was to, you'd use that and then you'd move on to the next ISO where it was a little bit more where you would have to build it yourself. You know, you, you would choose your own window manager or desktop environment. You would choose all your applications, stuff like that, and then it would install for you. And then there was a third level to that where it was even more do-it-yourself. And then finally, you were supposed to move on to Arch where you would install it all yourself. It was like a university is what they called it, right? It was a path. Um, whether or not they're still trying to do that, I don't actually know, but that was their goal. So when you talk, when you talk about Arch-based distros, I, th- I it makes you feel like the if you're going to create an Arch-based distro nowadays, it's much more you do have to have that special feature, right? You have to have that one. You have to have a good reason to exist, and at least when you're an Arch-based distro now. Because there's an Arch install process. Now the Arch has its own installer. You can't be just the Arch-based distro that's easy to install. Because that's mm-hmm. Arch now. Um, so. What are you guys talking about in the chat? Do I even want to know? Um, I hear a lot of Arca and, Arco and Garuda talk. Mainly talking about Garuda and people not liking its color schemes. Yeah, well, it's not. It's it's very not for everybody. But let's ask this question. Let's transition into this just for a minute. I don't. I don't get why people care about the color schemes of a distro. Like, if you don't like what Ubuntu looks like, like, I can't stand the most, the vast majority of the Ubuntu wallpapers. I can't stand. But that would never keep me from using Ubuntu. You know what I mean? Because it's so easy to change a wallpaper. You know, if you don't like the look of Garuda? It's KDE. You can literally do everything with it. There's nothing there stopping you. Yeah. Um, I mean, I understand that that it's that first impression, right? Like you you see that yeah. look, and it's like, oh, I don't really like that. So I'm gonna just bypass it. And you, yeah. uh, well, I I think it has a lot to do with like branding. Mm. Like, it, it, when it comes to like the Linux desktop, like if you're a developer for a distribution the way that your desktop is themed and presented to users says a lot about like, like how you are, like how you think as a developer um, towards the end user. And so, you know, if you're somebody that's not into the Garuda color scheme, like you clearly know that that those developers don't share your same taste in aesthetics and if aesthetics really matter to you then probably a safe bet to stay away from garuda um then again like i know plenty of people that like die hard love it love it and those people keep using garuda and to bring it back to the original topic i guess if you are going to be forced to change all the themes change the icons 
reinstall all the software that you want to use because the software that was on there originally isn't the stuff that you want, then you might as well have just installed Arch in the first place because then yep. it's all just yours. You know, uh, when you install XFC on Arch, you're going to get that vanilla Arch XFC. XFC, look, it's from the 1980s, but if you're going to have to do that anyways because the distro you chose has created something like Ruta has, you know, then it would make more sense, I guess, just to install it to begin with. I mean, it makes mm-hmm. it makes sense, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, that was a interesting discussion. I thought that we, it would be a little bit more... Uh, I thought it would be different just because probably six months ago, a year ago, it would have been different because when you had to install Arch in the traditional way, you know... It, then there was a, a something to say about whether or not you should use an Arch-based distro just because it's easier to do. That was whenever when when I used Arco, the thing that everybody asked me like, why do you use Arco and not Arch? Well, I, my response was always because it was easier. You know, now mm-hmm. if I still used Arco, I couldn't use that excuse because it's not easier anymore. It's just <laughs> different. I don't know. But anyways, I'm a Fedora, by the way. Uh, I'm not. I'm no longer an Arch user. Um, so, also week four with Fedora. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still here, bitches. <laughs> uh, um, I did just because we got a little bit of time left. I did. I did find my first stumbling block with Fedora, and that was gaming. It was really surprising because I thought that gaming would be actually pretty good on Fedora. But I've had some issues. So like there, I I downloaded Dead Cells, and because it was on sale, because hold on, before I talk about my problems, let me ask you this question, and make sure I'm not alone. You know I'm not a gamer, right? Like I'm really, really not a gamer. Mm-hmm. Like you're way, yeah. way, way more of a gamer than I ever will be. Yeah. But I think that this is the thing that even non-gamers have a problem with. They see Steam having a sale, and it's like catnip. You have to buy yeah. that thing. And uh-huh. you end up yeah. with a Steam library of a hundred games, none of which you've ever played. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them you yep. haven't even ever uh-huh. downloaded. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many games just never played. Like, but but anyways, the the, the point is is like Dead Cells was on sale, so I downloaded it, and um, apparently I'm missing a dependency somewhere along the line because I did get a notification of the dependency name. I just have not been able to find it. Um, so there's definitely some issues there with Fedora and gaming. And then I installed City Skylines, which has a native, uh, Linux, uh, port. And usually, that has always been a very hit or miss game when it comes to stability. It'll always launch, but on some systems, it runs perfectly fine no matter what mod you have installed. So, and, and some of them, and in this case on Fedora, it crashed. Like, it, I got it loaded into a city and it almost immediately froze. Now, that's almost certainly a mod problem, but again, it's definitely one of those things where it differs from distro to distro depending on what version of Proton you're using. If you're using a, uh, a, because sometimes it defaults to the Windows stuff. I don't even know why. It's a little weird. Um, also, it seems to really depend on what window manager you're using for some reason. Like, it works really well sometimes in DWM. Sometimes it doesn't work in i3. Sometimes it's the other way around. It's just a little weird. So, um, yeah. So gaming has not been the best experience. But I'm not a gamer, so it doesn't really bother me. I'll just continue to buy games in Steam and not play them. 
Yeah, I'll, just I'll, wait till you get your Steam Deck. Maybe then you can play them there. We'll see. The thing is, is, is that it's not a. I mean, it is. A, it is a Steam problem because I do it more often with Steam because Steam's always having sales. But when I had an Xbox, I very often went to like GameStop. Like, all right, for you kids out there, you used to be able to go to a store and buy games. Now you don't do that so much anymore. It came on these little round things that had a hole in the center. It's called a DVD. <laughs> but anyways, they used. Yeah. I used to go no, to no, no, G- no. GameStop. See, hold on, we do have to. Speak of GameStop for the people who don't know, um, the glories of going to GameStop and then trying to trade in a game. If you never got that glorious experience, you could walk into a store, an actual store, like with people that are supposed to be decent human beings, and purchase a $60 game, walk out, come back the next day, and try and give it back, and they will give you... (laughs) <laughs> no, like they'll 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 go out back and find like a used condom and just throw that at you and tell you to shoot and run off and take the game. Like they gave you nothing in return yeah. when you gave back a game. Like yeah, it was like two or three dollars, and they would not take it. If I remember, they wouldn't take it if it was still sealed. Like you had to open yeah. it up. So like, like I, I actually to this day I still have a game up there on my shelf. I have like seven xbox games that's all i have um i used to have way more but i don't have any more one of the games i have is batman arkham Sy- asylum i think it's the name of the game mm-hmm. yeah. never opened it still setting up there itself <laughs> and wrapping it uh, i used to do that quite often um that's the reason why i always after a certain point i just like you know, i'm gonna buy used i i, I will always buy a used yeah. game because first of all if it's already opened i have a better chance of playing it because apparently i'm too lazy to get through the cellophane or something i don't even know uh, <laughs> um but <laughs> the also i mean yeah you didn't like it was really stupid so you would buy a game for sixty dollars take it out take it back to them they'd give you three dollars and then they'd sell it back to someone else some poor schmuck for $55. <laughs> like, seriously, this is the reason why we just gave up on the used game market all completely, because it was a fucking scam. Like, like it, was ju- it was just some Ponzi scheme for some bastards to get rich off from, right? <laughs> like, it was a good idea. Like, it was re- it's a- it'd be amazing to be able to buy games used, you know, but the problem is they took so much advantage of it and made it so poor. Uh, those were the days, though. It was... Go to the game store, pick out some games. You didn't have to wait for it to download. Yes, you had to drive there, but um, at least you were doing something in the meantime, right? (laughs) You know? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I will say one of the most painful times in console gaming history was the in-between between, like, DVD, like, CDs and um, uh, digital content because you would have to go and get your disc and then even with a disc have to download something yeah and then play that was the worst like that one induced serious rage in me many times many times the, i'm like i have the dip what's all like uh, I, why why, I why do yelling. i need the disc right yeah <laughs> i remember yelling what the fuck is on the disc <laughs> Come it, on, like why can't I play it? Okay, so it re- reminds you—you're probably too young for this, but 
back in the day when there wasn't really any cable internet and you had to use dial-up and you went to the went to a grocery store and this is how we had my family had internet for years we never once paid for aol we went to the store got one of those aol cds the thing is, is there's not actually anything on those AOL CDs. <laughs> They're just like a code for you to use. I mean, originally you ha it had software on it, but after a while it did nothing. It just provided you with another free trial. Um, <laughs> that reminds me of those games. The problem, the you're talking about that transition between the times where it was only it was only discs and then it was downloads. The biggest problem I always had in that transition was that I always bought a console with the lowest amount of storage. And when they first Oh my god. When they yeah. first made that transition, the storage in the Xbox was like 8 gigabytes. Like it was not yeah. a lot. Yeah. Okay? And they wanted you to and the thing is is that was at about it was about at the time where games were really like there there was a moment in time when games were really small on a on a DVD, right? You know, I'm talking like four mm. or five gigabytes, and mm. almost overnight they transitioned into the point where they're like 70 gigabytes, 80 yeah. gigabytes. Now, if you download something, if and you see like 110, 150 gigabytes, not surprising because that happens all the damn time. Like, first of all, it's it's wild to me how we've gotten just cool with the idea of games being anywhere from 60 to 120 gigs yeah. and also people are kind of like people have kind of gotten okay with the idea of spending 120 dollars on a game like what it's just 100 and what and they pre-order it and like the thing okay yeah i, I yeah, pay 120 dollars before you get it like, nowadays i don't like in, in the olden days, when you wanted to pre-order something, then you had to go actually go buy. Like I understood, like because there there was the there was the idea of like, oh, we're gonna go stand in line for it. You know, what I mean, like it, you know, you you go to the game store at four o'clock in the morning to wait for it to come out. You know, even though you pre-ordered it and your your spot is saved, they're not gonna sell your copy of it. You still wanted to stay in line because there's that com camaraderie, right? Uh, same thing yep. like going to see something in the theater when it first came out, like a Star Trek or a Star Wars or something like that. Nowadays, why would you pre-order? When you can just buy it right on time, it's not going to stop you. You're not going to be able to download it early. You're going to still be in the same queue as everyone yeah. else downloading it at 4 o'clock when it comes out. You know? Yeah, digital literally defeats the entire purpose of pre-order. Yeah, so don't don't pre-order anything. Wow, did we completely move off to the topic, but that's okay. It's actually We actually had more fun with this topic. Um, I have an Xbox now. I haven't played it in probably seven years. It's sitting on my floor by my dresser. Well, look, all I'm going to say is as soon as you get your Steam Deck, you won't ever fucking touch that thing. <laughs> I hope like, that's true. We'll see. It, 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 Trust me. Dude, playing Resident Evil 2, the remake, just on my back in bed, like just upside down. What I'm worried it, about is that the Steam Deck will uh, as exacerbate my buying of games and not playing them is what I'm worried about. Because I'm not a gamer. Like, I'm really not a gamer. I will, I will play for a few minutes. And then I'll be bored with it, right? You, you, and it really—that—that's not a uh, new problem. That's been a problem forever and ever. It's one of the reasons why I stopped console gaming because I would go months without ever playing, and then I'd come back and like, oh yeah, I want to play Madden or something like that. And I turn on the console. Thank God it still worked, right? 
um, because it's been months that I turn on. But the first thing you do when you, if after you've used not used a console for like four or five months, the first thing that has to happen is it has to update. And if you've ever mm-hmm. had a console, you'll know those updates take for fucking ever. By the time yep. it was done with the updates, I didn't want to play anymore. Like I, mm-hmm. my, my interest in playing was completely over. So that's what I'm worried about with the Steam Deck. Not that they're gonna have slow updates, but more. I will go ahead and tell you, it is super fucking fast. I, I. No lie, I've gotten the fastest speed off of any device on a Steam download off the Steam Deck than ever, than anything. I got I was getting fifty three megabytes down uh for some game I was downloading in in Steam where off Ethernet on my desktop computer I typically get like around twenty four mm-hmm. megs down. So the download speed is double off of Wi-Fi on the device. Um, and it plays pretty much anything you throw at it. Like I've, I've thrown a lot at the device and it's, it's fine with anything like play doom on it. It's great. Well, it's fantastic. If they give me that extension after the three days, I will probably buy one. And, Here's the thing for you. Most likely, since you don't really play games all that often, <coughs> that could just be your, like, <coughs> excuse me, newspaper for the bathroom. You just go in there and sit down and you play, like, play video games when you use the bathroom. <laughs> the rest of the family is like, why are you spending so much time in the bathroom? We know what you're doing in there. <laughs> your mom just, like, walks by, by the bathroom and she's like, you still in there? You're like... Like playing Elden Wing, Elden Wing, Elden Ring. <laughs> Good lord, <laughs> I've clearly been up for too long. All right, <laughs> all right. Let's move on to the thingies of the week. We, we got, uh, we we need to move on. So, uh, every week, Tyler and I come up with things that we enjoy and we'd like to share with the rest of you. And uh, usually, these things are really good. So, Tyler, your thing of the week. What do you think it is? Steam Deck. Oh, it's a, it was it the Steam Deck? I, w- I would assume that that's really Surprising. good, right? <laughs> uh, it's, a, eh. it's a little okay. It's, it's a little okay. <laughs> it's I. It's okay. I mean, so, um, by the way, uh, KDE on it uh, is really good. Like, it's really good. Really good. Um, I'm, I'm glad. That. Are you going to use that as like your computer now? Like you're going to put that up here? Uh, fuck yes. Um, I've already done, I've already done a little bit of messing around with Caden live in it. Um, rendering video is not too bad. Um, like performance wise, it's actually kind of surprising so um stream streaming from the steam deck when is what i'm asking uh i don't know i'm going so hopefully before i leave the house today i'll i'll get my docking station and everything um but there's no guarantee um so i don't know but as i'm definitely going to be streaming from it and like messing around on the desktop and doing things on it playing games on a bigger monitor and streaming off of it most likely is not going to happen. Um, I 
highly doubt it. Okay. Well, but, I'd like to see you try, though. That'd be cool. <laughs> oh, I definitely, definitely will try. Whether or not it will be successful, highly doubt it. Um, okay. It's very powerful, but not... It's not, it's not a, you know, super beast. Okay. It's still a handheld computer. <laughs> my, 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 experience, my expectations are too high. All right, anyway, so uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually reusing one this week. So um, I know that this is going to be – this is horrible, and I shouldn't do this, but Crusader is my pick of the week again. Um, so everyone knows that I'm a sucker for file managers. It's a weird, weird, weird fetish I have. <laughs> but uh, File Manager and Crusader is the best one ever, and I will fight you if you say otherwise. Like, seriously, Crusader's fantastic. But the reason why I'm choosing it again this week is because... And I knew it had this feature, but I can't... I ha- the, way my, the way my computer's set up is I have, like, seven hard drives in my computer, right? All of my videos are saved to a small SSD. It's 500 gigs. Eventually, that thing gets full, so I have to move it to one of the bigger hard drives. With Crusader, it has a feature, and this, I mean, it's not a revolutionary feature, but the fact that it's built into a file manager is, is it allows you to take the things that are in one pane, so I can put the really small hard drive in that one pane, and put the bigger hard drive in the other pane, and I can compare them. And then, once I'm done, I can say, hey, the file structures are the same, transfer whatever's on this drive to that drive. And keep the file structures the same. And it, it's like diff or meld or anything like that, but it's for files, and it's really, really good. And it is a little complicated because it's a KDE project. Of course, it's freaking complicated, but it's really, really nice. So if if you haven't already and you're interested at all in messing around with file managers, try Crusader you won't be disappointed if you like that kind of stuff. If if you're just looking for a simple file manager, don't try it because it's not simple. But it's so, so good if you want a whole bunch of tools, a whole bunch of tweaks. That kind of stuff is really, really nice. Um, And I'm sure that sometime in the future I'll use Crusader as my pick of the week again or my thingy of the week again because it's my favorite app on Linux. Like, by, bar none, Crusader is my favorite app on Linux. Like, it's not even close. So... That is it for this week. Now, coming up next week, I have no clue what we're going to be talking about. We, I have a whole bunch of new topics in there. So, um, Tyler, if you want to add some topics so we can start switching back and forth again, that'd be cool. Um, yes. Anyway, so I don't know what we're com- coming up with next week, but we do record this live every Friday around 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. We go for about an hour, hour and 20 minutes or so. Uh, we do bullshit for about 20 minutes before we get started. Usually, we don't have to start three different times, but that was just... An extra treat for everybody who watches this live. Um, I swear to God, I normally hit the record button. I really do. <laughs> like it's not something I normally forget. I've done this a lot. Like this is like my 500th episode of a podcast. It's nuts. Anyways, the uh, watch live YouTube.com/slash/TheLinuxCast is where you'd find that. Tyler's is YouTube.com/slash/DanielG. Make sure you check that out. Before I go, I should take a moment to thank my current patrons. You can support me on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/TheLinuxCast. All these fine people support me there. Without them, the channel would just simply not exist anymore. I would have given up long ago. It, I, seriously, these guys are fantastic. So if you support me on Patreon and YouTube, thank you so very, very much. I do appreciate it. If you want to support me there, patreon.com slash Linuxcast. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll see you next week. Bye.